This is The Varsity, a sports podcast from The Record North Shore, your nonprofit local news site. Howdy, folks, and welcome to the latest episode of The Varsity Podcast, a podcast where we discuss everything involving North Shore high school sports. From the Friday Night Drive, I'm Michael Glojek here with The Record North Shore founding member Joe Coglin as a we are through five weeks of the football season. We are heading into October, and time is moving too fast. Um, but we've got a lot of fun stuff to talk about. We already got some postseason fall action for you guys. So um, we're going to break this down into our usual four-quarter format. In the first quarter, we're going to recap week five of the football season and hit on a little bit of regional golf toward the end. Um, in the second quarter, we are joined by Nutri Boys golf coach Pete Drevlin. In the third quarter, we play away our a weekly guessing game and then in the fourth quarter we preview week six of the football season some fun matchups in that one so uh some fun stuff to look forward to um in week number six but a quick reminder that you can subscribe to the podcast anywhere that podcasts are available we sure you search us um give us a nice little review as well we always appreciate it if you enjoy listening to the podcast um that way we're able to uh, reach more listeners who are also interested in north shore high school sports but I'm going to bring Joe in now as we uh, talk about uh, week five here in the North Shore area. And why don't we start off with the closest game of the weekend. That was Highland Park um, losing to Maine West, having an opportunity late going for it, which uh, um, I'm usually pro this decision. Um, You can catch me on either side of the fence, I guess, on this one. But you know, going for it to uh, win the game, Joe. Uh, Giants weren't able to win. They were there right there against Maine West, lost 20 to 19, had a gutsy try up short, and the Warriors um, just couldn't, uh, or the Warriors were able to uh, pick up a win against the Giants. Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, you know, give them all the credit in the world for, for being gutsy in that situation on their home field. They just moved the ball down the field and and scored on a run, um, and they they want they thought they could do it again. Um, of course, it was a it was a short pass, but um, to uh, that was stopped pretty much at the goal line. Um, I'm told so. Um, Highland, the Giants have been good this year, um, and they've been they've excelled when down. Like they they were down against Rolling Meadows. And they came out like two scores and they came all the way back and beat them um, to actually go up two scores um, and then beat them by seven. And against um, uh, who do they play like Conant? Uh, they fought back and forth with them until, you know, um, until Conan kind of put up a, a big number in the second half. And then this game, they were down 14 to three. Uh, and then they were down 20 to 10 in the fourth quarter. So a couple score differences in, um, in the second half that they were able to erase and uh, get within a point of winning. Um, I don't know what went into all the decision to make that call Um, instead of going for the tie and taking your chances. I do know there was about a minute 45 left. So there was time for Maine West to get down the field and do something. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I, from an outsider's perspective, I like the call because, you know, you got to believe in your team and, um, they certainly saw something they could take advantage of and they just uh, missed their opportunity, but um, really close in a, in a good game and um, a good CSL football. Yeah. I was going to ask you to put your coaching hat on Joe. Does that, I know obviously, especially 
I don't know how much analytics really come into play here with high school football as much as it has in professional sports and even college sports. But, you, you know, with the way that Highland Park was, you know, driving, they came back from a, um, a, a big deficit in the third quarter to make it a close game, 14 to 10. Just, you know, what 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 do you think is makes the most sense in that type of scenario, especially for how hot the uh, Highland Park offense, offense seemed to be um, late in the game? Yeah, I just think there's too many variables that spectators don't know. Um, and, and you know, full discretion, we weren't there. So we relied on on some firsthand accounts and, and talking to coaches. But um, they just scored. So I think they felt they just wanted to see if they could pull off a victory, you know. And I guess the old adage, right, is is uh, go for the win on the road and the home, and uh, tie at home. Um, but they went the opposite way of that. They went for the, the win at home. I, I don't know. I can't. Uh, they wanted it. They believed in their team. And I can't. It's hard to fault them for that. Um, I'd have to know a few more things about how their offense was looking. I do know that you put the ball in David Finfer's hands, the quarterback, who's been, um, you know, pretty much everything for them this year on the offensive end, making everything happen. And that's what they did. And he he dumped it to uh, Nico Rosenblum, another senior who, who just came up short. So uh, I think that was the right call if you were to go for two. Um, yeah, it's hard for me to to purely give a, you know, like a be critical of it. Um they gave it a shot and I love that. Uh David Finfer, like you mentioned, finished with 66 rushing yards, 163 yards passing. Sophomore Lucas Gordon led receivers with uh 85 receiving yards on six catches. Well, senior Johnny Walker had four for 49. Senior Glazer was active on both sides of the ball with 33 yards rushing and two tackles for loss as a linebacker. Joe. Um, we talked about this last week, you know, Highland Park, I don't know if they necessarily, you know, absolutely needed to win this game. Now they're two and three on the season. But, you know, if I, I've been saying that if you want to prove something to me, you got to prove it. And they, they came they came close to proving. It. And I think that, you know, that comeback says a lot about the team, about not giving up against the tough Maine West team. But at the end of the day, um, you know, you need to win a game like this to really kind of propel yourself over to, you know, especially in heading into the second half of the season. Yeah, I think I think it would have been really nice to be sitting at three and two rather than two and three, of course. And um, especially then you'd be in the driver's seat for conference um, because I think my main West is. But you came up short. But I just think it was a a really resilient response to what happened against Conant. You know, Conant's running up, you know, they're running back, running up 280 some yards and scoring whatever they did in the second half. I think 30 something points in the second half, um, you know, putting a 60 spot on you. Um, I think that uh, in a game where I think, you know, that what Conant did to him really got to him, really, really messed with that defense and really messed with the whole team. Like, oh, my God, they keep scoring. And, uh, I, you know, I don't want to say they gave up, but it, it weighed on them, and I think it affected their play. So to come back the next week and not get down when you're going down, fight back and give your chance yourselves a chance to win the ball game, I think is hugely important. And I think that's going to play a role in these next games we're going to play because we got Niles North homecoming this week, Niles West, who I think is like four and one, um, the kind of the new the new guy in the clubhouse at, at uh, in the CSL North. Um, and we still got Vernon Hills who beat us last year on the schedule too. So um, a couple tough games that are going to be close. And these are the ones you're going to have to pull out. All right, let's move on over now to Loyola and St. Patrick um, kind of went the way we expected it to. I don't remember what our predictions were last week, but the Ramblers won 38 to nothing 
Um, a lot of the starters, you know, got the second half off. Ryan Fitzgerald had another uh, strong day for the Ramblers, completing 16 passes for under 26 yards, two touchdowns, rushing for uh, 27 as well, all in the first half. Uh, Finn Miller had a big game for the Ramblers, uh, running seven times and getting uh, 92 yards and scoring on a 25-yard run for Loyola's second touchdown. But, Joe, um, this game went the way we expected it to. Obviously, St. Patrick not at the level of Loyola. On, um, good homecoming win and uh, get that second half off um, to kind of rest up as we uh, head over to the second half of the season here. Yeah, I guess, yeah, you know, not much, too much to say. Loyola did what they had to. Uh, they also kept the score respectful, which I've said I've always appreciated about Loyola. You know, um, they can they can be good teams by 30, and they can also be teams that they have outclassed by 30. They're just able to do that, and that's, I think, uh, uh, a good mark of a, of a quality program. Um, but, yeah, everyone got in. Everyone succeeded, um, showing off their depth a little bit. Um kind of prepare themselves for the next game. Shutout's always good in a game like this, even even for your reserves to pitch a shutout to the second and third units on the defensive end. Um, I think that's big. Um, I think my prediction was like 42, so I was pretty close, pretty close. Yeah, I did have zero, which was um, always a risk. Um, so, yeah, I mean, good on them. Um, you know, they got a bigger one this weekend. They kind of get – that's kind of a um, – you know, you never want to overlook an opponent, so they took care of that one because they got read on Friday. Yeah, definitely a big matchup there. A big stat that I saw in Neil's story this week was that uh, Loyola hasn't thrown an interception or fumbled the football yet, which is very big. I know um, penalties has been was kind of a big issue for Loyola in this game against St. Patrick. They had um, – I don't have the exact number right in front of me right now, but they had a lot for a lot of yards. But it's a very impressive stat, especially for a rookie uh, quarterback kind of making his debut here. Yeah, and that's, that's huge for them. Just uh, you're going to be in – when you're – really any football team, but certainly one of, of uh, Loyola's caliber is going to be in or have the advantage in any football game where they don't turn the ball over. I mean, taking care of the football is uh, priority number one or 1A, and uh, they've certainly been able to do it that year. Kudos to uh, the offensive scheme and just putting Fitzpatrick in a – Fitzgerald in a position to succeed, and he's taking advantage of taking care of the football. Um, it's definitely um, – we'll see if that continues. I, I'm trying to remember last year, I know – Nothing against Loyal's offense last year, of course. They're state champions, and Jake Sterney was an all-state quarterback. But they had a few. I rem- I can remember a few that stuck out in the first few weeks, um, uh, a few turnovers. So um, that this offense has taken care of the ball a little better. All right. They head on to St. Rita this upcoming weekend. We'll talk more about that matchup in the fourth quarter. But uh, let's finish things off here with New Trier, where um, Joe, just a – Ugly loss kind of went the way we expected it to go. New Trier lost 50 to three. Um, well, I guess maybe you didn't expect it to go this way, but um, yeah. just main shout showed off its power. New Trier just could not keep come close to competing on either sides of the ball. No, no, it was a complete disaster for New Trier football at home um, on Friday. I, been a while since I've seen a game like that in Nutria. I do know that Maine South wiped them out in the postseason a couple years ago in like the rain. Um, I think it was around 40 something to 14 or something. It was a blowout, but this game was just, uh, I, I couldn't believe it. Um, really, every facet of the game, other than Nutria does always win, win the punting battle, although uh, nothing against Maine South's punting was pretty good. They just didn't have to really do it. Um, um, I don't, I don't even know what to say. It was a disaster. I mean, it's, it isn't the new team Nutria is. 
um, if you ask me. Um, at one and four, it's, I mean, you are what your record says you are, right? Um, but um, they're not 47 points worse than a Maine South team, um, but they're certainly far behind where they want to be, and that was a big step backward. What? know where to start with this game i mean what went right and what i mean what went wrong for i guess let's start with the defense just trying to keep up with main south i mean i know the hawks racked up 310 yards passing in the first half um four touchdown tosses um three to um agosto to evan agosto um from constantine coinus so i mean you know defensively i mean just what wasn't working where main south seemed little to have little you know moving the ball up and down the field First off, Agosto was uh, unbelievable. Uh, he looked spectacular. Um, and I hadn't seen him since last year. And I know he's a good player, but he looked just uh, really special. And um, Coins looked on the mark. I hadn't seen him pass the ball at that volume yet. And I know he's kind of coming in. And he came in last year in spurts and, and had some moments. But this year, he's also a replacement. But he his arm looked great. And even I talked to... Um, the Trevian's middle linebacker, Dylan Jeppy, who's also a team captain, and, and they were preparing more for the run. Um, and they've been pretty good at stopping the run this year. But Maine South came out with a great game plan to let just throw it on them. That's riskier, uh, but certainly worth the risk because they were on point all night and they have the talent to do it. They were putting their receivers in great positions, not just on those balls to Augusto, but also uh, they got um, – uh, Julian, uh, what another couple of receivers out in space too to to make big plays. So um, just a great game plan, I think. And Nutrier never uh, could adjust to it and uh, find any rhythm at all on on the defense side of the ball and, and the offensive side of the ball. Maybe you're going to ask about that next, but I mean they were without their starting quarterback again for the second week, and um, they, while it didn't show too much against Barrington, I think it sure did this year, kind of all across the board. And I don't want to just blame the backup quarterback. I mean, it just Maine South had them pegged. He didn't. Uh, they, they got in the backfield a lot. Um, the receivers missed some opportunities on uh, 50-50 balls. I just it, – it was a really, really tough day in Northfield. So, I mean, Joe, they're at one and four right now. I mean, all four losses are not bad. I mean, the scores might not be good, but I mean, all four losses are to really talented teams. I mean, you got um, lost to uh, Hersey to start the year. You got Prospect, you got Barrington, and you got Maine South. And we talked about this at the beginning of the season where this team could go one and four, and they have gone one and four. Maybe you would have wanted another non-conference win here and there. But, you know, just being able to get that win against Yorkville looks pretty impressive at this point. But, um, Joe, they got to win out now to make the playoffs. I know Steve Susi at Friday Night Drive says there will be some four-win teams who make the playoffs. Obviously, I think – New Cheer's schedule is good enough, I think. I, I don't know how good the conference schedule might be as opposed to the non-conference but to get there at four wins. But uh, you got to win now to make sure that you can at least try to make the playoffs at five wins. Yeah. I mean, you, you have to win out. I think, you know, even Coach Brian Dole made that comment that their playoffs are, are basically now. Like, they, they start now. They can't lose. And I remember saying at the beginning of the season, we said they could go one and five, one and four, and it wouldn't even be surprising with a couple, you know, one possession losses if they went 0 and five because of the talent of those teams. They picked up one. They had another in the basket. I know I keep saying that and they, and they blew it and that's really haunting them right now. Um, 
But I did, you know, I remember what I was talking about, like, you just can't panic at this point because the next four games are all winnable football games and you know it. Um, so you got to regroup, come together as a team and figure it out. A lot of holes right now uh, in Maine South. Uh, I mean, I guess thank you for making those holes apparent to us and, and maybe we can adjust to them because you're going to need to to win four games in a row here and uh, qualify for the postseason. Um, luckily, I mean, I, I don't want to say luckily and put a team down, but I mean, I, I don't think it's the best year for Glenbrook South. Uh, they're sitting at one and four. They're also a very tough schedule. So it's not like they're a rollover. Uh, Evanston lost a lot of people, Glenbrook North. Um, I think these are winnable games. They need, they need to take all four and um, you just got to put that main South game behind you. And hopefully you ramp up to who you want to be in four weeks. All right, uh, we'll hit more on that in the fourth quarter, but let's move on over now. We had golf taking place. Golf playoffs have started this week. Um, we're recording this, recording this on Thursday, September 28th. And uh, so the girls golf regional is taking place right now, but the boys took place on Wednesday. Um, and New Trier uh, dominated the field in route to a first place finish, uh, topping runner up Evanston by 15 strokes and third place Loyola by 19 strokes. Um, sophomore Logan Keeter was a tournament champion, carding a one under par 69. He edged senior teammate Noah Zion and his even par 70. Uh, three other Trevians who finished in the top 11, senior Johnny Kremian, uh, tied for fifth, senior Oliver Barr, um, tied for eighth, and senior Connor Gray, tied for 10th. But um, kind of what we expected, Joe, just a really strong outing from the defending state champions. Yeah, and they're playing. I mean, they've been they've been good all year and prolific all year in, in victories and tournaments. Um, uh, but it certainly seemed yesterday I stopped by there that they were playing some really strong golf and uh, really deep their lineup. Obviously, they had somebody place eleventh, I think, that didn't even count in their score. Um, so uh, their their lineup is pretty rock solid. Um, in which any of the five or, or six golfers they put out there uh, can score for them and consistently. So. Pretty good stuff from them. They look good, um, and uh, they're, they're they're certainly among, if not the favorite in, in Class 3A. Seamus Purcell led the Ramblers with the two over seven. Southwell tied for 11th with 78th, and Gavin Smith shot an 80 to tie for 18th. And then Highland Park in another 3A regional um Highland Park seniors Danny Klein and Kalen Patel shot matching 81s to play 17th advanced to the sectional competition but um Loyola and uh, Highland Park also getting some good uh representation as we move on here in the postseason Joe yeah yeah they've uh good golf teams Loyola is able to push across their whole team in 3A um Highland Park had two guys in the top uh I think they were 10th you just said um, either way, they they qualified for the sectional. So more golf um, as the year goes on. Sectional is a quick turnaround. I think it's on Monday. Um, so they move on. And, and North Shore Country Day, you know, um, this has kind of become a golf powerhouse. They won a couple state titles in the past decade. And um, uh, they I, I can't remember if they finished second last year. But either way, um, a couple more state trophies on top of that. So uh, they, they won their 1A regional. So watch out for them, too. All right, let's move on over now to the second quarter, and we're going to stick with golf, where the new chair boys golf coach, uh, P. Drevlin, is going to be Drevlin, Drevlin is going to join us here. As uh, it's hard for me to say, but Joe and I got, got a chance to catch up with Coach Pete. Uh, what are the folks at home going to hear? 
Yeah, we just talk about the day on the course and kind of where uh, the Trevians are right now. Do they feel they're in the right place um, as the, the postseason gets rolling? All right, let's have a listen. Um, pretty, pretty good score ahead of the field. Uh, you guys playing your best right now? Oh, yeah, we, we try to peak at the uh, end of September and October because that's, that's our goal is to finish strong at the state tournament. Uh, so we're looking forward to this. Uh, getting on with the regular season, heading to regionals, and playing our best golf. So that is our goal every year. Um, end of the year on a strong note, and I believe today we had a slow start, but we finished in, in a high note at the end of the round. Uh, and I think you, uh, as of now, three golfers in the top four, top three, one, two, three. What does that tell you about your squad? What, what what's key to the squad? Uh, key to the squad is chemistry. We know we know we're pretty good golfers, defending state championships. So there's there's going to be a target on our back. It's just really coming out here and, and staying focused for 18 holes. And, and today they did that, and uh, the results uh, speak for themselves. How, how do you do that, knowing that you are talented at golf, you're defending state champs? What's key to kind of keeping that headstrong mentality? Um, I think the groundwork has been laid by our previous teams and all the players that have come through and set the bar high. So we try to achieve what uh, or excel what they have done. Um, and we have a high standard in Utrecht. It's it's um, it's a credit to these guys all the time and effort they put in playing golf. And um, their goal is to be a state champion. That's something you can never take away from them. So last year's squad got to wake up. They'll wake up the rest of their lives knowing that they are a state champion. These guys want to repeat it. So last year's team set the mark for this year's team. And, I mean, I guess you, you mentioned at the first question that you want to be peaking at the right time. Do you feel that's where you're at? Yes. Yeah, yeah without a doubt. Um, that's uh, the hardest thing is to get the right lineup right now. But between Nash and I, we talk all the time about uh, who should be in the lineup. And I believe we do have the right squad right now. Okay. Thank you, as always, to all the players and coaches who join us each and every week. Always appreciate everybody's insight. All right, let's move on over now to Way or No Way, the third quarter where we play our weekly guessing game. I throw out five propositions, and Joe and I argue or agree upon whether those can happen way or whether they cannot happen no way. Let's start with boys soccer. Joe, I know I asked you about uh, Nutrier last week and whether you're concerned about them. Uh, way or no way that Nutrier's win over Evanston this past week proves that they're one of the best teams in the state? I think so. I think they're up there. The problem is there's a lot of those teams in their sectional. Um I believe this, the conference shook out shook out this past week, and I think it went to Glenbrook North um, after kind of an Evanston tie, if I'm not wrong. So they had four teams sitting at four and one or, or with only one loss in the conference, so it was decided by ties. Um, so that, you know, Glenbrook North, um, um, Evanston and Nutria are both among, are all three among the best in the state, I believe. So it's going to be rough to get out of that sectional, but I do way. I'll say they're, they're up there. Yeah, I'll go with way. I agree with you. I think it just thinks they have a crazy sectional and they're going to have to try to beat that. And obviously that might be better than the super sectional or a semifinal matchup. You might end up getting later on, but um, yeah, I think way they're obviously one of the better teams in the state. Um, it's just tough that there's a lot of good competition, but maybe that helps you later on in the postseason. Who knows? All right, Joe, uh, Loyola boys soccer, um, obviously sitting, teetering around 500, right? Recording this um, way or no way you think that the Ramblers can figure things out as we head into the final weeks here of the regular season. Um, I don't know about in that sectional because they're going to be in the same sectional. So even, you know, I think they're a fine soccer team and they just play a pretty tough schedule being up here in the Northern Burbs. And, and um, 
it's it's time to get to the postseason. So they're going to play more difficult. And because of that 500 record or so, they'll probably have a tough second round regional matchup. So um, it's going to be difficult for them. Uh, I think even if they do figure it out, they're in for uh, a, some tough, a tough postseason road. So I guess I don't even know what I'm trying to say. No way. Yeah, I think that's what you're going for. <laughs> I, I think I'm going to go with no way as well. I just think, you know, the competition is tough. They've done fine in the CCL, I think. I think they've competed well, but I think there are some losses there as well. But, um, yeah, I'm just going to have to based on the same thing we talked about in the first question, just such a tough sectional. I don't think Loyola is at the level of New Chair, Evanston, Glenbrook North, even Glenbrook's. Um, so I'm going to have to go with no way there. I think, you know, it, it's just a tough road ahead, and I think it's a very tough sectional, so I'm going to go with no way. Uh, Joe, New Cheer Girls Volleyball continues to roll. Um, way or no way, you think they can finish the season undefeated in the conference? I think way. Um, they're very good. Um, they know those opponents well. They play them very well. Uh, not taking anything against the conference, but um, they've looked really good against them lately. I think they went three with Maine South or something. Uh, I think that's right. Uh, but otherwise, they've they've straight set at everybody else uh, in the past few games. So I feel like they're in a very good place despite um, some injuries. And um, uh, I think they they're going to win it. And uh, they could, I'll say, way they they'll go undefeated. Yeah, I think they'll go undefeated. I think, you know, volleyball is really tough because of quick turnarounds and all that kind of stuff. But, and, you know, obviously one night something can change. But I, I just think that, you know, they're pretty dominant in what they've been able to accomplish and what they want to do this so far this season, especially in the conference play. So um, I'm going to go with the way. I think they just have the talent and um, ability to do so. And I expect that to happen. All right, Joe, way or no way the Nutria Boys Golf individually will have a state champion this year individually uh no way i'm gonna always go with no way with golf just because that's so difficult to do you have to beat you know the entire field golf tournaments are tough you know not not even tiger woods won every every tournament he was in or, or even a majority of them though so it seemed like it for a while um but uh so i'll say no way just because it's too difficult to do that said they certainly have three four five guys that could it's just it takes a perfect two days. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go with no way as well. That's pretty much just taking the whole like you're just there are just too many golfers, too many probabilities and that kind of stuff. And you don't know what the weather is going to be, what the circumstances are going to be like. So um I, I listen, I would have won one, you know, the state championship, but I'm just gonna to have to go with no way. I think the odds are just way, way against it. So I'm gonna to have to go with no way there as well. Jumping back to volleyball, Joe. Uh, Loyola had a two and one week. Um, way or no way, you think that's exactly what the Ramblers needed? Yeah, I, I just, you know, they're fighting. Um, they're fighting. They're doing pretty well in conference, but their conference tough. Um, and uh, they're they're really just kind of now they're fighting for the, the best seed they can get in their sectional, um, which is going to be a bear. Um, so I, I think they, they have a shot at, at uh, you know, they beat Nutria this year. So they certainly have a shot at. They're they're a sectional contender, I should say. So yes, they they need to get that confidence rolling into the postseason. Yeah, I, I think I'm going to go the way as well. Exactly what they needed. Picked up some strong wins along the way. Um, I think some good stuff from Loyola being able to beat Maine South in three sets, two to one. They beat St. Lawrence earlier. Um, they lost to Marison two sets, um, but then they rebounded on Tuesday and beat Fenwick. 
Um, and then they got Ignatius and Nicey Catholic next week before playing Macaulay on the 10th of October. So um, a, a tough end toward the end of the regular season, but I do think that uh, way that is exactly what they needed. Um, so I'm going to go with way there. All right, that is way or no way. So let's move on over now to the fourth quarter where we preview week six of the football season. We are going to be two-thirds of the season done when we talk to you guys next, and that is crazy, but um, a lot of fun matchups to talk about. And uh, we got Loyola at St. Rita in CCL Blue Action, Nutrier at Evanston, always a fun rivalry, and then Highland Park hosting um, Niles North on Friday. Let's start things off, Joe, with Nutrier, kind of ended with Nutrier as well. Um, this is a must-win game. Both teams are one and four right now, Joe. Um, to end the regular season, Nutrier is going to play against Evanston. Um, and then they've got um, Glenbrook, the order is Glenbrook North and then Glenbrook South, and then they finish the season um, against Deerfield. Um, two road games and two home games. I'm just going to ask you, Joe, what you think that they're going to be able to pull this off and get those four wins? Hmm. Straight up answer, do I think it's going to happen? Uh, yeah, I do. I think they're going to win, and I think it's going to come down to that last game against Deerfield, and it'll be tough. Um, I think Deerfield's pretty good, um, and they can throw. So we just saw what happened with that. But I think they'll, Nutrier is going to get some confidence and a win in these next couple weeks and be prepared for to, to finish the season strong. Um, but it's not going to be easy. you know. Just winning four games in a row, you, you have no margin for error anymore. Um, that's why that loss to Conan, as everybody knows, we talked about it, was so – Heart wrenching is, is is we just we I think prospect. everyone knew what that meant. I'm sorry, prospect. I keep doing. I always do that. Uh, we know what that meant to their season. So either way, I do think they uh, they can do it and they will do it. Uh, but um, I think we'll have a good indicator on, on how they perform. I think they're on the road, right at Evanston. Yeah, I think this is kind of a good game. Evanston also coming in at one for their lone win is against Zion Benton, the 21 to seven win. But then the Wildcats lost to. Uh, Lincoln Way Central forty-one to nothing. The Fram thirty to fourteen. The Palatine forty-nine to twenty, and to Glenbrook South in a shootout forty-two to thirty-three. Um, yeah, I feel like this is a get-right game for Nutrier. And also, I'm very curious to know: is their quarterback going to be back there? And you know, does that change things if the backup is in there, and or does the backup kind of you know gain some momentum here after getting some snaps the last couple weeks? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, from what I hear, um, you know, uh, the starter, Patrick Hennigan Jr., is still nursing that ankle injury, but, he, you know, he wanted to play. Uh, he he suited up for the game against Maine South but never went in. So I got to imagine he's on track to play this week, but uh, ankle injuries are a fickle thing. So uh, we'll see. What does Nutria need to do, I guess, to win? I mean, you just, do you, how much do you kind of look at last week? Or are you just kind of like, that was a terrible game i'm just gonna throw the tape away i mean just how do you approach that game and try to learn from it as you try to you know turn the ship around well from what i know um the the evanson quarterback had a nice game uh Levitano. um so i think uh it's more passing so i think you're going to be forced to watch at least some main south tape as much as you want to throw that in the, in the trash and maybe burn it and then maybe scatter its ashes in the grand canyon um you're going to have to watch a little bit of it, I think, and uh, maybe learn a thing or two. Maybe they switch up some personnel. Um, uh, I don't know. Uh, 
but I mean, otherwise, yeah, a lot of that tape, uh, I mean, you got down, you kept getting down. I don't think Evanston and, and Maine South had too much in common. Um, but I think Evanston is going to try to throw it. Um, and I think New Trier's kind of shown teams that can stop the run pretty well. So um, I think you do have to learn some things from that. I think the secondary, um, the back half of that defense just has to play better and we have to see more pressure on the quarterback. Do you think they can do that? I mean, obviously they need to do that, but can they do that? Yeah, they got some athletes back there. You know, they really do. Um, some guys that, but I think we got to get our best guys out there. Uh, you know, they, their star wide receiver, Miles Kremaskoli, they ask a lot of him. So I don't know how many defensive snaps he's going to play, but I think he probably is one of their four best uh, uh, defensive backs as well. Um, they they put they don't put Jackson McCarry back there, but he's certainly – that's their star running back. He's certainly – uh, one of the speediest guys, if not the speediest on the team, and he does pretty well as a safety. Um, I don't know. They have some guys back there with experience who can tackle, but it's about covering. Um, I think that's been their biggest problem is uh, they, they have some lapses and guys get open. They don't miss tackles. Guys just get open. So they definitely have to shore that up. All right, we'll get a prediction out of you, Joe, toward the end of the podcast. Let's move on over now. Highland Park takes on Niles North. Two and two, two, two and three teams facing off against each other um, on Friday in Highland Park, and um, kind of an important game for both teams. Niles North, obviously, a two and three as well, so they want to turn stuff around as they try to make a playoff push. Um, they lost to Niles West, thirty-eight to six, on Friday. So for Highland Park, this feels like kind of the same for Nutrier, kind of a game where you need to turn things around, and maybe not a must-win game, but kind of close to it. I think very close to it. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't think, you know, the past few years they left, they've left kind of no margin for error as they've, they've trekked through the season. So uh, I think they, they'd like to get that fifth win early if possible. Um, may, it might not be, but if they can um, and um, it starts right now, I think they can get a nice feel good win here uh, playing all facets of the game and really get some momentum as, as we come down the stretch uh, for these last three games after tonight, after Friday night, um, but I, I think they should they should handle their business against Niles North. I'm sure, you know, Anthony Copper, Highland Park coach, is thinking the same thing, but how do you bottle up what Highland Park did toward the end of that game against Maine West and have it start at the beginning for this team? I mean, they show that they have the capabilities to, you know, kind of put together a strong offense. How do you start that way to make sure you're not trailing back? I, I think that's that's a great question. Um I think a lot of it's kind of going to be organic because last year, Maine South, you know, <laughs> beat them badly, gave them a whooping. Um, and now this year they take them down to the wire with a chance to win. That was their choice. That gives you a bad feeling at first, but afterward you might feel pretty good about your effort. You had a chance to beat a team that whooped you last year. Uh, and now can that bleed into the second week? I think you needed a game like that to at least um, – at least be right there with them with a chance to win something like that to, to go into the second half of the season, because after that big loss to Conant, uh, they needed something in between a victory. So hopefully they'll get that. Uh, that's going to be organic and how it gets through their players and playing hard and playing a full, um, you know, 60 minutes and, and ready to go for this one. I mean, based on what we've seen from Niles North, they've given up 96 points in five games so far. Um, they have scored 49. So, um, this feels like a game where Highland Park's offense really needs to start quickly and kind of manage of, you know, some pr- opportunities. I mean, 
Um, other teams, you know, Niles West uh, scored 38 points against them last week. Hoffman Estate scored 43 uh, the previous uh, week. Um, Wheeling was only able to score two, and Leighton was only able to score six, and Ambiston was only able to score seven. But I, I, I think Highland Park will be able to score against this defense. They just need to be able to do that and put it all together. Yeah, yeah, I do too. I mean, they've shown that their offense can put up points. I just think uh, let's do it early, let's do it often, and get ourselves a lead our defense can protect. All right, we'll get prediction toward the end, and let's move on over now to Loyola, who start gets back to CCLESCC blue play, taking on St. Rita, who is four and one on the season. Um, and this starts a really interesting stretch for the Ramblers, Joe, where I, I think that the Ramblers were tested, obviously, in the first portion of this of the schedule. Um, they have some really good wins against Brother Rice and uh, Marist and Naperville North and Catholic Central from Michigan. But Loyola ends the season against St. Rita, then they get Icy Catholic next week, then they get Bennett, and then they get Mount Carmel, obviously, to end the school year. And um, I'm really interested to see what happens in this final stretch, starting with St. Rita, where um, Rita's only loss came to Mount Carmel. Mount Carmel took care of business pretty easily against St. Rita, um, 38-7. to um, But I'm really interested to see, talked about this Ramblers team who had a lot of penalties against St. Patrick and who still hasn't had a turnover or a uh, uh yeah interception or a fumble so they haven't had a turnover i'm really interested to see whether the level of play continues against an 8a team or i guess they're 6a now uh, a team like that uh in saint rita who you know has competed against some of the best in the state this year yep yeah me too um it's going to be a good one and you know you got to go on the road too never a fun task on friday night to cross around the city um so um you know, some dis- a disadvantage there, uh, but, the, you know, of course, the advantage is they're 5-0 and and they're playing really great football and their defensive unit is extremely difficult to uh, to move the football on. So um, I, I like Loyola's chances here. I, I like what they're going to they're going to bring to the south side, um, but it is going to be good competition. And I'm sure Rita, Rita will be pumped to, to welcome them. I, what do you think is the biggest thing that this Ramblers team needs to do, whether it's offensive or defensively? Personally, I feel like I, I think we need to see Ryan Fitzgerald be the Ryan Fitzgerald that we've seen for the first five weeks of the season. And I saw this against Mount Carmel when St. Rita played against them. Uh, Jake Elliott and Darian Dupree, they were just able to, you know, carve up, you know, St. Rita's defense, who has a really good defense. I mean, they have a shutout against Marmion. They held Joey Catholic to 10 points. They beat Kenwood. Um, and held them to 20 points and beat Sandberg and held them to 21 points. So this St. Rita team uh, defense especially is not bad and has developed as uh, new coach Martin Hopkins has brought in a new defense. But um, personally, I feel like Ryan Fitzgerald needs to continue on the path that he's having or the Rambler's offense might have a hard time against the St. Rita defense. Yeah, I think um, it is in his hands. And I, I think he's just proven so far. And it's as you mentioned, they, they've had – big opponents on their schedule, you know, brother rice, Marist, and, uh, even central Catholic, um, and Naperville North. Um, so they've had big opponents and they've, they've beaten them. And I think Ryan Fitzgerald has gotten better and better. So this is another opportunity. The ball is going to be in his hands. I think he's shown, and we didn't think, we didn't think we didn't know this at the beginning of the year, but the ball and the offense goes with Ryan Fitzgerald. We didn't know if McPherson would lead it if they if they'd had some sort of um, other scheme on offense with um, with the receivers. The receiver would start to show out, and the receivers have been good, but they've been because Ryan Fitzgerald and even McPherson out of the backfield. So, 
Um, I wouldn't disagree with you. I think Ryan needs to keep up that level of play. I think he makes the offensive go. Um, if I were to say something a little different, um, I would say that I'd like to see a big ground game. I just don't know if that's who they are anymore. Um, not anymore, but who they are this year, who the loyal, I think maybe they're a more balanced offense and they like to run a lot of things, make, let Fitzgerald make the decisions himself, whether it's, you know, um, some option plays where he either hands it or runs it himself, makes a throw, things like that. Um, but I'd like to see McPherson go off for like a, a 140 yard game. Um, I think that give him a lot of confidence, but he's been a big factor in the passing game as well. So can't complain. I think the biggest thing that I've been really impressed with, obviously Ryan Fitzgerald has impressed me with this Loyola defense is even better than last year's defense. They've only given up 44 points uh, this season, um, 8.8 uh, per game. Um, and they had that shutout against St. Patrick. I put together uh, five statistics to know from the CCLACC this year. And they're at a better rate defensively than they were through five games last season. Um, and that's really impressive. And I'm really interested to see how that goes against the St. Rita team that, you know, they can pass it with Jed Hilding at quarterback, but, they're mostly a running team, and they've got, you know, obviously DJ Stewart for St. Rita. Um, so they're going to be run heavy, and I'm very curious to see how this defense is able to continue that success that they've been able to build through five games. Yeah, I mean, the defense, I'm really – what they've done this year, and you say they've averaged 8.8, but if that takes every game into account, I mean, they didn't give up the touchdown in the first couple games that that were scored late in the game. Um, they gave up the first one to Brother Rice, and I want to say that was like their first touchdown the offensive or the first unit gave up. But either way, their defense has been remarkable, and they've turned the ball over, and they just got guys at every level from Joe Kelly on the line to Hogg and Sheed in the in the linebackers, Langston in the, in the defensive secondary, uh, Donovan Robinson. They just make plays, and I'm not really concerned. I don't think defense offensive have much – I don't know, many options against them. Um, you got to just be tight and execute well and very little margin for error or else they're they're going to tear you apart. And they've done that against every unit. So it's just something I, I just don't know if I'm just worried about this year because of how good they've been and are. All right, let's get some predictions out of you, Joe. Uh, let's start with new chair at Evanston. What happens in Evanston? I just feel like, uh, you know, new chair can respond in a couple ways here. Um, I, th I think they come out with a win. Um, are they going to come out with one where they eke one out and they're just not ready to play because they've been so kind of beaten week after week in a variety of ways, or do they come out and show out the football team that we know they can be against opponent that I think they're, they are superior than this season. Um, and I think that's what they're going to do. I think we're going to see a big performance here for Nutrier. I think they're, they're really aching for it. Uh, and I think it's going to happen. So I'm going to give Nutrier a, uh, going to run up the points this year or in this one uh let's say they get to 38 to 14 um i think that this game is going to be kind of like what evanston's game against glenbrook south was last week i think it's a a shootout i have not been encouraged at all by the new chair defense at all this year um stopping you know offenses but i do think new chair wins this game i'm going to put it at 35 to 28 um i think new chair defense does hold up toward the end of the game um, while the Wildcats trying to tie the game up. But um, I, I think this game will be a shootout, and I think that Nutria will be able to eke it out and um, start a little streak here before uh, the end of the regular season. All right, Highland Park hosts Niles North on Friday. Joe, what happens here with the Giants? 
like Giants, like the Giants big, um, kind of a similar situation. I feel like even though they lost, give them a couple days to recover from that, and then they're going to start feeling pretty good about who they are and what they can put on a football field. And uh, I think they just can't overlook Niles North here. Don't overlook them. Take it out. Take them out. Take them out early. Um, and I like them putting up points. I think they might get a 40 spot here. Um, I'll say they go um, 41-2, um, 10. Yeah, I think this is a get-right game for Highland Park. I think that they've shown that they can compete. They just got to put it together for a full game. So um, I think that Highland Park is going to win 32-17. Um, to 17. Um, I think maybe a late game touchdown there for Niles North. But I do think that Highland Park is in full control of this game and gets it, things uh, turned around pretty easily um, moving forward. All right, Loyola at St. Rita on Friday at 730 uh, Joe, what happens in this matchup? Like the Ramblers, you know, you know, on the road, don't matter. Um, you know, we talk a lot about this season. I feel like the theme has been proven to me and it's, you know, for Loyola, it's proved me that, <laughs> uh, another team needs to prove me that they can play with Loyola. Um, so that, that goes for St. Rita too. And, um, so I like Loyola by a few scores here. I, I won't give it, I won't, I think it's not enough to call it a blowout, but we'll say, um, We'll say 27 to 14. I, uh, I've i been doing this a lot over the last couple of years. I've been comparing Loyola and Mount Carmel because they are just so eerie to me and like just with the dominance that they've been playing over the past couple of years. I know it's been a long time, but this last couple of years, it feels like they've just been kind of mirroring each other with what they're able to do defensively, what they're doing offensively. I know it's not exactly the same, but just with the success they've had. And Mount Carmel handled this. Team 38 to 7. I know that was at Mount Carmel. Um, it'll probably be a little bit closer with Loyola just having to deal with, you know, play being be, it being a home game for Arena. Um, but I do think that Loyola continues its success. Um, I think Loyola wins 32 uh to 17. Um, just able to control things offensively. May, it might, it'll probably be like the Brother Rice game where things are tight probably for the first half, but then I think Loyola is able to outlast uh St. Arena and pick up the win, stay undefeated on the season and take uh Probably a likely 2-0 battle against Mount Carmel for the final week of the season uh, for the CCL, yes, CC Blue. But that is everything that we've got for this week's episode of the podcast. Thank you, as always, for listening. Uh, just a quick reminder that you can subscribe to the podcast anywhere that they're available. Make sure you check us out. Always appreciate your support there. Check out my work and all our work there at Friday Night Drive. I've got notebook out there for the CCL, ACC, and five um key numbers to look forward to halfway through the season we also have our football shows on friday night so make sure you check us out on youtube uh for live coverage of everything going on around the state um and also as always make sure you check out the record north shore uh joe puts together a lot of great work there so make sure you subscribe donate and check out all his work not only in sports but throughout the north shore area so We've got a lot of fun games to look forward to this weekend. Make sure you get out there and enjoy it. We've got postseason uh, golf taking place. We are heading down the final stretches of the regular season for all the fall sports. So make sure you just support your teams out there. So for Joe and I, thanks so much for joining us this week. And we will talk to you guys down the road. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Varsity, a uh, product of the record northshore.org, your nonprofit local newsroom.